MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello. And welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, March 5th, 2021. Today, the Department of Transportation Inspector General made criminal referrals to the Department of Justice about Elaine Chow, but the Department of Justice refused to bring a case. Georgia impanels two grand juries for the case against Donald Trump. The House passes H.R. 1 and the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. CPAC threatened their stage designer, Design Foundry, with legal action if they didn't cop to using the Nazi symbol. The House scraps their work schedule due to domestic terror threats from Trump supporters. Charles Flynn was offered a promotion after the insurrection. And the guy who put his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk flips out during a court hearing. I'm your host, A.G. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. It is Friday. That means Amy Carrera's in the house. We're going to be talking to her later during the good news segment. It's really fun. I hope you stick around for that. And also later in the show, I'll be speaking with Adam Fernandez of Lawyers for Good Government to discuss the upcoming confirmation hearings of Vanita Gupta and Kristen Clark to the Department of Justice. And, uh, you know, it's just it's Friday. I'm really excited. Uh, Saturdays are my day to relax. So uh, but we're here and we've got a lot of news and you can join uh, Dana and me on the free stereo app. Uh, and we, Dana, Dana and I do it every uh, Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 Eastern. So that was yesterday. And Andrew Torres uh, joins me on what Tuesdays at 5 p.m. 8 uh, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. So sign up. Just go to the stereo. Uh, stereo.com slash Allison Gill and you can set up a little avatar and make it's really fun and it's free so check it out and I think you'll enjoy it we kind of do like off topic off subject off news you know whatever you want to ask about you can ask us anything record a little message and when we listen to them we take your questions we can sing songs enjoy adult beverages it's just a little bit like it's more exclusive content than you would get, but it's free to the public. So join us then every Tuesday and Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 Eastern. We do have a lot of news to get to, so let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, so the lead story today is from CNN, and it's about the Transportation Department's Inspector General, who asked the DOJ in December to consider a criminal probe into then-Secretary Elaine Chao over her alleged misuse of her office. That's according to documents made public Wednesday. That includes her alleged use of staff for personal tasks like sending Christmas ornaments to family members. The Justice Department and the U.S. Attorney's Office in Washington, however, declined to pursue the case in the final weeks of the Trump administration, stating there may be ethical and or administrative issues to address, but there's no uh, predication to open a criminal investigation. That's according to Transportation Department Deputy Inspector General Mitch Bames' 38-page report detailing his office's extensive ethics concerns surrounding Chow's conduct. Quote, we concluded that a formal investigation and potential misuses of uh, her position was warranted. He wrote that in a letter accompanying the Inspector General report. The probe had been requested by Democratic leadership of the House Committee of Transportation and Infrastructure, which asked the inspector general to investigate Chow's possible conflicts of interest, including various reports that her office was giving preferential treatment to Kentucky. Uh, And, you know, we remember this. We remember reporting on this. And Chow, we know, is married to Mitch McConnell, who is a Kentucky Republican. 
Uh, and she had used agency staff for tasks that appear to be personal in nature, the report also said. The um, Let's see. It's, it's, some of those tasks that they're talking about include um, editing her father's Wikipedia page and sending a copy of his book to a well-known CEO of a major U.S. corporation. Um, let's see. Investigators also said that in one instance, Chow allegedly directed political appointees of her staff to reach out to the Department of Homeland Security regarding a work permit application for a student who was a recipient of Chow family's philanthropy. And that's in the report as well. Inspector General investigators said Chow allegedly made plans to include family members during a planned work trip to China that was ultimately canceled. The Inspector General report said Chow declined to respond to questions as part of the investigation. But Department of Transportation General Counsel Stephen Bradbury provided a memo in September that emphasized the cultural value of supporting family. This was their defense. Quote, anyone familiar with the Asian culture knows it's a core value in Asian communities to express honor and filial respect toward one's parents. And this ingrained value of love, respect, and filial piety always takes precedence over self-promotion and self-aggrandizement. As the eldest daughter, she is expected to assume a leadership role in family occasions that honor her father and her late mother. So that's what they're saying. Um, The ingrained value of love, respect, and filial piety always takes precedence over self-promotion and self-aggrandizement. But uh, I'm sorry, but it doesn't take um, precedence over the law. A spokesperson for Chow said the Justice Department's decision not to pursue the case exonerates Chow, but it doesn't because coming from Trump's Department of Justice, sorry, no dice. Not, Not buying that for one second. And I hope that the Inspector General's report is looked at again with this new administration. And a grand jury is expected to be seated this week in Fulton County, Georgia, to look into efforts by Trump to overturn the election, signaling that the county's investigation into the former president is intensifying. Prosecutors in Fulton County are expected to pursue subpoenas for documents and witnesses and rely heavily on them, people familiar with the investigation, told ABC News. Quote, the investigation includes, but is not limited to, potential violations of Georgia law prohibiting the solicitation of election fraud, the making of false statements to state and local governmental bodies, conspiracy, racketeering, violation of oath of office, and any involvement in violence or threats related to the elections administration. If you remember, there were threats made, legal threats on that phone call with Raffensperger. And the House of Representatives is closed for business today because of online chatter of another capital attack based on the conspiracy theory that Trump would be inaugurated today, March 4th. Uh, The theory is that there hasn't been a legitimate president since Ulysses S. Grant, and after that, America ceased being a country. Grant was sworn in on March 4th, as were most presidents before him, and QAnon believers believe Trump would be sworn in today as the 19th president because Ulysses S. Grant was the 18th president. But the House last night passed H.R. 1, along with the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. No Republicans voted for either bill. Well, that's not quite true. During a vote for H.R. 1280, that's the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, Rep. Lance Gooden of Texas cast a vote for the bill. He, he voted yes on it. And his Republican colleagues freaked out, saying that it needed to be changed. Three of them protested, attempting to change the vote with the tally clerk. When members vote, um, they have a card they can insert into voting stations to cast their vote. If they want to change their vote, they can do so at any time. But if they want to change their vote in the last five minutes of the count, they have to go to the tally clerk and take a red card, sign it, and hand it to the clerk. At no point did Gooden use the red card option, but three other Republicans attempted to, signing Gooden's name to it. They signed his name. 
Uh, these cards were rejected by the House clerks, and this is a possible ethics violation. And the reps were Louis Gohmert, Randy Weber, and Kelly Armstrong from uh, Texas, Texas, and North Dakota, respectively. Reporter Jamie Dupree went back to C-SPAN to look at the tape, seeing a man in a blue suit racing down the center aisle of Congress. Quote, that person keeps running past the dais, but reaches out with his right hand and leaves a red voting card for the clerk. That person continues running past the dais, a very unusual way to vote, and heads toward the speaker's lobby door uh, in the upper left of the photo. The voting clerk picks up the red card, and you can see clearly in his hand. You can see it in his hand, and, and that's when the person who left the card exits the chamber on the upper left. After conferring with others on the dais, the vote is not counted, red card still visible in the clerk's hand, and one floor staffer goes out on the speaker's lobby to look for the person who dropped off the card. Why is this of note? Lawmakers cannot cast a vote in the House for another member like that. It would be the House version of voter fraud. There are rules for members voting by proxy during the pandemic, but the proxy has to be noted by the member ahead of time. So, that's what's going on there. They're looking into it. This is a House ethics violation. What happens if you violate House rules? Mm, I don't know. Probably not much, but we'll see. All right. Now back to the uh, Odal Rune shape stage at CPAC, that big Nazi symbol. Uh, apparently, and this has been going back and forth, right? Everyone was like, it was accidental. Uh, don't be a dick. And and then, of course, the there was a, a statement put out by Design Foundry, who designed the stage. But uh, there's something wrong with that statement. Let me tell you what tell you about it. The American Conservative Union, or the ACU, that that's the organization behind the CPAC. They had a bitter feud with Design Foundry. Um, ACU officials and the company that built the stage were at odds. And that was after Hyatt Hotels issued a statement Sunday night condemning the stage and insisting they had no part in its design. The statement came in response to complaints from liberals on Twitter directed at the hotel chain. That's me. Hi. The social media outcry was in part inspired by claims that the event stage resembled an odal rune, a Nazi symbol, an allegation CPAC dismissed as outrageous and slanderous and a conspiracy theory. Uh, met, uh, mediate is is the news outlet that's reporting this. They have learned this week that CPAC brass, fuming over the media's coverage of the stage, <laughs> threatened to out the stage company, the designing company, to the media. According to a source familiar with the conversations, ACU officials wanted Design Foundry, it's a Maryland-based firm that set up the stage, to publicly come forward and take ownership of the stage and dispel the liberal outcry over its shape. ACU officials signed off on the stage after being presented with several other options. That's according to a source familiar with the negotiations. One of the mock-ups obtained by Mediate had a more circular design with a red bench-style seating in the form of a semicircle behind a podium. Now, sources say Design Foundry was told by ACU General Counsel David Safavian. He's an ACU and other ACU leaders on Monday afternoon uh, during a call that if Design Foundry didn't release a statement by 10 a.m. Tuesday copying to the stage design, ACU would release their own statement blaming the firm. Safavian, by the way, who was just freshly pardoned by Donald Trump for his arrest in 2005, also threatened the, the awesome design company with legal action. Late Tuesday night, Design Foundry issued that statement obtained by Mediate, and they took responsibility for the stage. Well... I don't think this story is quite over yet. I, I don't know if you're sick of hearing about it, but um, I'd frankly like to get to the bottom of it personally. Now, Lieutenant 
General Charles Flynn. He has been nominated to lead the U.S. Army Pacific, a post now held by General Paul LeCamera, who took command in November 2019. Recently, Flynn, who will be promoted to four-star general if confirmed by the Senate, is stationed in D.C. and serves as a deputy chief of staff of the Army's G-357 section. It plans and coordinates mobilization of the reserve component in the continental United States. Hmm, wonder why he got that job. He is the younger brother of Michael Flynn, who briefly served as National Security Advisor in 2017. The elder Flynn (laughs) pleaded guilty to a felony uh, of willfully and knowingly making false statements to the FBI during its investigation into ties between Russia and the Trump campaign in 2016. Trump did pardon him for that in November. Officials with D.C. city government and the Capitol Police have alleged that the Pentagon was slow in responding to a request for assistance from the National Guard. And the Army has acknowledged that Charles Flynn was in the room for a key call from local officials making that request. But the service did so only after it had falsely denied it for days, saying he did not attend. So I find it very interesting that Michael Flynn's brother, Michael Flynn, uh, de facto head of QAnon, was in the room on the call advising against deployment of the National Guard. Uh, And Chris Miller, Trump's, you know, very late installed acting secretary of defense at the Pentagon that had to be the one to give permission. They're looking into all aspects of this. We know we talked about um, uh, General William uh, Walter's testimony uh, on the Hill this week, who, who said that it was General Pyatt and General Flynn who were against the optics of sending the National Guard out. Irving, interestingly, the House Sergeant at Arms also said those words. Seems coordinated to me. Don't know. Just beans. But seems seems obvious. We'll find out. I'm, I'm betting that we will find out. Now, some other news about the insurrection. The self-described white nationalist, the one who sat in Nancy Pelosi's de- uh, chair and put, you know, gleefully putting his feet up on the desk, had a temper tantrum in court today. They're dragging this out. They're letting everyone else out, he said. This is Richard Bigo Barnett. He yelled this during his Thursday court hearing, insisting it's not fair that he's still in jail while a slew of his fellow rioters have been released pending trial. This is a bunch of crap, he added. Very eloquent. The 60-year-old Arkansas man is facing several charges, including theft, after posing for an infamous photo in Pelosi's office and arming himself with a stun gun as a MAGA mob attacked the Capitol while Congress met to certify Biden's victory. Barnett was one of the first of at least 300 people to be arrested for participating in the riots and is among the few to remain in jail. Dozens of rioters have been released pending trial, a result of lower-level offenses that federal judges have said are nonviolent and therefore not worthy of detention. That fact seemed to irk Barnett, who unloaded on Thursday about how everyone else who did things much worse is already home. Uh, He did that before accusing prosecutors of delaying his hearings. They can't keep pushing me out month by month, he yelled, pleading that he doesn't want to remain in D.C. prison for another month while others are already home. Barnett's outburst was futile. After a five-minute recess, his lawyers told the judge they intended to file a new bail motion. The judge said he would rule on whether to release Barnett after that is filed, then abruptly ending the hearing. And his next court date? May 4th. (laughs) Enjoy jail. And investigators are now looking into phone records of members of Congress and potential communications they had with insurrectionists during the attack on the Capitol. I was wondering why Republicans were freaking out so badly when talking to the FBI and 
Department of Homeland Security uh, in hearings this week about who's are they using geolocation to locate people? Do you have their phone records? Are you spying on Americans? Yeah, I know why, Howley. And I I hope that we get his phone records because basically what's going to happen is investigators are looking at these phone records. And if there are communications between insurrectionists and members of Congress, they can subpoena the content of those calls. Hmm. Things are heating up. It's going to be interesting. And we're going to be watching all of these investigations for you. And, uh, you know, while we're thinking about that, we're also trying to build out our Department of Justice under the Biden administration. And joining me right after the break is Adam Fernandez. We're going to talk about the upcoming confirmation hearings of Vanita Gupta and Kristen Clark, who are going to run the Civil Rights Division at the Department of Justice. Very important post, very qualified candidates. And he's got some insight for us. So stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. Today's episode of Beans is brought to you by Nebbia. One of my favorite things is a nice hot shower. I get in there, get the steam going. It's my self-care time. I love it. It's also really good thinking time. And it's very good acoustics in the shower, so I like to sing sometimes. But it's the best way to, like, end your day or get your day started right. Some of my best ideas, like I said, come when I'm in the shower. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Nebbia, this new thing. Oh, my gosh. It, it empowers your shower. It's backed by some of the biggest names in Silicon Valley, including Tim Cook. It's designed by former Tesla, NASA, and Apple engineers who spent years researching and developing a superior shower shower experience that saves water. The Nebbia takes your shower to a different level. It's like a steam room with an invigorating shower. It's like I've gone to a day spa. It's wonderful. It's the Nebbia by Moen Spa Shower, and it's Nebbia's most advanced shower yet. It's got twice the coverage with half the water usage, and despite using 45% less water, its spray is 81% more powerful. Nebbia's atomized droplets rinse shampoo and conditioner out of the thickest, longest hair. It can be easily installed in 15 minutes or less, so you don't have to have plumbers or anything. If you can change a light bulb, you can install Nebbia by Moen. And Nebbia balances functionality with beauty. It's available in four premium finishes to complement your bathroom. It's white and chrome or spot-resistant nickel, matte black or black and chrome. I have spot-resistant nickel because it matches my mid-mod aesthetic. And they also offer accessories like shower shelves and shower curtains that pair perfectly with the shower's design. The Nebbia by Moen Spa Shower starts at just $1.99. And for Daily Beans listeners, we have a deal. The first 100 people to use code BEANS at Nebbia.com will get 15% off site-wide. Nebbia rarely does deals like this. This is huge, so it's good to jump on it. Go to Nebbia.com slash beans. That's N-E-B-I-A dot com slash beans to check out what they have to offer. Again, the first 100 people to use the code beans when checking out will save 15%. That's Nebbia.com slash beans and use code beans to save 15%. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Today, I am speaking again. Welcome back, by the way, Adam Fernandez. You've been on this show before. You're the vice president of policy and strategic engagement for Lawyers for Good Government. And I'm excited to talk to you today about a couple of confirmation hearings coming up. Adam, how are you? Doing great. Yeah, thanks again for having me back, AG. Um, So a little background. Uh, We were going to talk about Biden's DOJ nominees when you had me uh, on back in early January. But then there was that whole white supremacist insurrection thing. Um, But, you know, uh, as it turns out, this is actually kind of important and relevant to that, too. So thanks again. Yeah, it's sort of tied into it, isn't it? And this is extremely important because, uh, you know, we we cover this on Daily Beans, but we also have another podcast called Clean Up on Aisle 45. And we'll be talking uh, uh, to you after these confirmation hearings for that show, uh, mainly because one of the most important things 
that we're doing moving forward as far as accountability for the previous administration is the nomination of Department of Justice uh, appointees uh, and who is who are going who you know who are the people that are going to lead these divisions within the Department of Justice we already know Merrick Garland is is pro- pro- probably on his way to confirmation I'm sure I think he'll probably get about 70 plus votes we'll see uh, but th- these are some of the other folks that have been nominated, including Vanita Gupta and Kristen Clark specifically to lead the Civil Rights Division. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the history of the Civil Rights Division, maybe, and 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 what your thoughts are, top line thoughts are on on these nominees. So yeah, sure. Um, so uh, in addition to to uh, being vice president over at Lawyers for Good Government, I've spent uh, uh, the the past decade as a civil rights attorney in D.C. advocating, among other things, on nominations, uh, and that's really why I'm super excited about both Vanita uh, and Kristen, uh, who I I know personally and have worked with over the years. Um, uh, they're, they're two uh, leaders of great civil rights organizations. Um, and, you know, working in civil rights is about ensuring that all people have equal access to justice, regardless of their background. People of color shouldn't be disproportionately prosecuted because of the color of the sk- their skin. But neither should white supremacist insurrectionists get a free pass because they're white. Um so yeah, uh, Vanita and Kristen are, are great candidates. Um, but I'd like to share a little bit of the sort of uh, history of why um, they're great candidates and why Biden was courageous to nominate them. Yes, please, please. Yeah. Um, a little before my time, way back in the 1960s, Thurgood Marshall was the general counsel of the NAACP uh, and founder of NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund. He litigated Brown versus Board of Education. He worked with Martin Luther King. And he was appointed and confirmed to first the Second Circuit Court of Appeals and then the United States Supreme Court. A civil rights icon was nominated and confirmed to two of the most important courts in the country way back in the 1960s. But if you fast forward to March 5th, 2014, a day that will live in infamy for me, but I'm sure none of your listeners have heard of, President Obama nominated Debo Adegbele. Uh, Everyone in the civil rights community calls him Debo, so I will hear. Um, And Debo was the leader of Thurgood Marshall's NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund. Um, And he nominated Debo to lead, again, the civil rights enforcement at the Department of Justice. Debo was a perfect pick. He was a civil rights icon with decades of experience fighting for equal justice under the law. Uh, Frankly, speaking as a civil rights attorney, Debo was the best of us, and there could be no one better to lead civil rights enforcement at the Department of Justice. But... President Obama had a narrow Democratic majority in the Senate, and there started to come out some really vile and racist attacks. And the worst thing about those attacks is that they worked. Despite a slim Democratic majority, eight Democrats, including three still in the Senate, got convinced that Debo was somehow a controversial pick, and they voted against him. And his nomination failed. And President Obama learned the wrong lesson from that fight. And he never nominated someone to lead the Civil Rights Division at Department of Justice again. 
He actually didn't name someone in to be uh, in that role in the acting capacity. And that was Vanita Gupta. <laughs> uh, so big surprise here. <laughs> so you know, we in the civil rights community, we, we don't really like to talk about the Debo nomination. For some of us like me, it's because we feel like we failed him. Um, and for others, we feel that talking about the vile and racist attacks might give them some sort of legitimacy. But in the years since, it's become super clear to me. And we're beginning to see it played out again now. There's two separate tracks for nominations. The nominations of white men sail through, while nominations of women of color and, uh, and uh, women in general and people of color um, are labeled as controversial. And uh, some of the most vicious attacks come against people like Debo, who've devoted their lives to addressing racism. And we've actually seen it begun. Vanita Gupta, um, they, they, uh, a conservative organization called the Judicial Crisis Network, bought $800,000 in this vile and racist attack ad um, saying that, you know, uh, Vanita Gupta believes that Black Lives Matter should come and kill you sort of thing. Right. It's like it, horrible. Um, but... I mean, these attacks, as I've learned over the years, they, they are inevitable, but that doesn't make them controversial. And that's what I hope that this time around we'll see a difference. I hope that we can see um, some Republicans and every single Democrat uh, vote for both Vanita and Kristen because they are the most experienced. They are the perfect picks for uh, uh, civil rights enforcement. Uh, in this era. And frankly, we need to see more people like them. Yeah. And you also um, make some really good points uh, and clear points about, um, you know, Trump came along and actively undermined uh, the civil rights. I mean, if we, you know, if we look at uh, his track record and history, uh, where civil rights are concerned, there there was an active campaign against civil rights from the Trump administration. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, I think we could go all day, uh, but I know we we, <laughs> we 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 have a limited amount of time. But yeah, uh, he his Department of Justice tried to restrict the access to the vote. Uh, they tried to undermine uh, the census and uh, undercount Latinos. Um, scapegoated Asian Americans through the COVID crisis and scapegoated immigrants and scapegoated Black Lives Matter protesters, um, you know, encouraged that whole white supremacist insurrection thing. <laughs> um, and, you know, uh, one other thing, he gave lifetime judgeships to an awful lot of people who supported these things. Um, there are people on the bench right now, some of the most, like some of the most important courts in the country who like worked with Stephen Miller in President Trump's White House, like horribly anti-immigrant things, horribly anti-LGBTQ and um, and uh, uh, women's rights, like people who have lifetime appointments. And, you know, when I say that we need um, people like Vanita Gupta and Kristen Clark nominated for other things, like I'm thinking right now of, of the current head of the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund, Sherilyn Eiffel. She needs to be on a court too. Uh, Tom Sines, the head of MALDEF, the Mexican-American Legal Defense and Educational Fund. Um, uh, Fatima Grass-Graves, the, uh, the head of National Women's Law Center. Like, 
Each of them needs to be nominated to something. Their deputies need to be nominated to things. If we want to address these these issues, we need the people who are most experienced to be uh, implementing them. Yeah, we have definitely have to keep that checks and balances, uh, as it were, strong. We have to strengthen that. And, you know, we all knew that once Trump was gone, that the remnants of his civil rights abuses would not disappear. And a great example we're seeing today, right now this week, is the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, who has lifted the mask mandate and reopened everything 100 percent and is now uh, setting up to blame immigrants and asylum seekers. Uh, saying that, hey, Texans, by the way, when you see a big spike in COVID, you know it's because Biden's open borders and everyone's just pouring across. Um, and, and boy, is that an old trope about disease and you know bringing disease uh, into the country. And you know, not to mention or you know, totally leaving out the fact he's blocking funding to test uh, immigrants that are coming into the country. Uh, but there, right there, is a huge red flag of of looking for a scapegoat for his poor governance, and it's absolutely uh, disgusting. And these kinds of things are going to continue to happen from Republican governors, Republican lawmakers, uh, meaning that the the footprint that Trump left, the envelope that he pushed, uh, is is has set a new level of you know racism and xenophobia absolutely preaching to the choir <laughs> hard for me to disagree with <laughs> <Yeah>. any of that <laughs> you're like ditto yeah. yeah well i have a couple of questions about what we can expect um in in the upcoming hearings when they are uh, because i want everybody to be prepared because people are going to be upset uh <laughs> the fo- you know listeners to the show are going to be upset by some of the things they hear uh and so i i want to do that but i have to take a quick break will you stay with me absolutely Okay, thank you. Everybody, we'll be right back. Hello, everyone. It's AG, and this portion of Daily Beans is brought to you by my new favorite thing, Magic Spoon. I have been a cereal junkie since I was a kid. It's always been my favorite food. Uh, I like sitting down in front of Saturday morning cartoons and like eat a whole box of it and then drink the delicious milk afterwards. But I had to give it up as an adult because of all the sugar and carbs and guilt. But if you're a cereal lover like me, you have to try Magic Spoon. Forbes magazine says, with cereal that tastes this good and offers so much nutritional value, as opposed to none, Magic Spoon may be the future of breakfast. Or lunch or dinner. I eat it all times of the day. Magic Spoon cereals, amazingly, have zero sugar, 12 grams of protein, and only 3 net grams of carbs in each serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, high-protein, and GMO-free. And the best part, it's so delicious. With four amazing flavors, vintage style, they got cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. It tastes incredible. Honestly, it's too good to be true. My favorite flavor right now is cocoa, so I can drink the chocolatey milk after. It's so delicious. So go to magicspoon.com slash dailybeans to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code dailybeans at checkout to get free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product because it's awesome that it is also backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will give you all your money back. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash dailybeans and use code dailybeans for free shipping. And we thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. Everybody, welcome back. Uh, I am uh, very honored today to be joined by the Vice President of Policy and Strategic Engagement for the Lawyers for Good Government, Adam Fernandez. We're talking about the nominations of Kristen Clark and Vanita Gupta and what we can expect. Can you tell us briefly, because we, we were talking about these attacks before the break. We've already seen a little bit of it. You talked about the $800,000 expenditure on negative advertising from the uh, Judicial Crisis Network. What a great name. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. 
but uh, we've already seen this. We we saw attacks on both Kristen Clark and Vanita Gupta during the Merrick Garland hearing from Republican senators. So I just want everybody to be prepared. Can you tell us when these confirmation hearings are and what sort of things we can expect to hear? So uh, Vanita Gupta's hearing um, is scheduled for next Tuesday. Uh, gosh, I wish I had the, the date in front of me, the 9th. Uh, Vanita's uh, will be on Tuesday the 9th. Uh, Kristen Clark's will be at some point in the future, probably of Tuesday, probably a few weeks after that. Um, but unfortunately, hasn't been scheduled yet. Um, so... And are these confirmation hearings done starting... They start in the Senate Judiciary, correct? That's correct. Uh, the, there'll be hearings in the Senate Judiciary. Uh, then there'll be a few weeks later, there'll be a vote um, in the Senate Judiciary, and then it will move uh, to the House... Uh, to the Senate floor um, for a, an up or down vote. There is no um, filibuster on, on these, so it'll just be an up or down vote. Um, so... I think it's pretty safe to say that there will be some, um, frankly, uh, inappropriate attacks made against both of them. I'm not going to try to preview what they'll be, uh, but I'm. those attacks are all but inevitable. Um, and from what I learned from the, the Debo uh, nomination fight uh, is that they, they're, there's not only inevitable, but what they are is almost beside the point. What the specifics of those attacks are uh, is beside the point because A, we know them co- that they're coming, and B, we know they're going to be made disingenuously by people who don't actually believe that civil rights need to be enforced. Um, I, I don't like the phrase the sedition caucus because I think uh, it undermines actual sedition that happened on January 6th. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the for lack of a better term, there are several members of the quote-unquote sedition caucus on the Judiciary Committee. Um, and I expect uh, that uh, they will make some really disingenuous attacks against both of them. Um, but those attacks, those are the news. Uh, and uh, that, again, doesn't make them controversial. It should instead instead be looked at as, no, that's that's whoever is is making those attacks. That's them going really low um, and, and to some really vile and gross territory, if that's the direction they choose to go. Um, but however, there is the chance that, uh, you know, they, they won't. I, I, uh, I, I still have some hope uh, that uh, there, there will be some civility in, uh, in those confirmation hearings. Uh, one thing that we're doing at Lawyers for Good Government is we're actually leading a sign-on of, uh, we, we've done attorney sign-ons in the past, but we're doing uh, one right now that's open to non-attorneys as well, in support of uh, both Vanita Gupta and Kristen Clark. Uh, and uh, if you'd like a link for that, uh, it's at my pinned tweet at uh, on Twitter at Adam A E S Q uh, that uh, you can join and uh, give your support for uh, both Vanita Gupta and Kristen Clark and, and others like them. Um, I think given that the hearing hasn't happened yet advocates advocates like myself um and and others at other civil rights organizations um we're doing everything we can to make it as smooth sailing as possible and there 
there's still the possibility that it won't happen. But we'll we'll talk again after the hearing, uh, and and we'll see if that um, small amount of optimism is blown out of the water. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, given the pointed attacks on Clark and Gupta during the Garland hearings, I I imagine we're going to hear a lot more of that. They kind of showed their hand right there, and I think yeah. that. I mean, as disgusting and awful and horrible as it is, it sort of gives a little bit of a preview. Um, not that, you know, I mean, the, and these are brilliant women. And I think that they will be well prepared to handle uh, those types of uh, disingenuous attack questions that will no doubt come from folks like John Kennedy and um, and the like, the quote unquote sedition caucus, as you say. Uh, so, but I'm, I'm, I'm still hopeful that they will receive the votes to advance their nominations to the full Senate and that they will be, and at, which, at which point, like you said, we do not need 60 votes. We need 50 plus one and, and we will be able to get those votes once it makes it to the full Senate. So I am also hopeful. I'm not hopeful about the, sh- the garbage that's going to come out of people's mouths <laughs> at, at these two incredible women. Uh, but I am hopeful that, uh, that they will eventually be nominated so absolutely um, and they will be yeah and so that that's kind of and and that's what's important right um and it also exposes some of these republican senators uh for for who they are and what they think and 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 so i think that it's an actual opportunity for democrats to use those kinds of statements and questions as we try to gain more seats in the Senate and the House in 2022, as opposed to the longstanding history of losing both the House and the Senate in the midterms after an election where we gain all three, which is historically generally what happens. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that uh, as as well as um, kind of in the same way I'm looking forward to using Mitch McConnell's uh incitement of insurrection speech and Donald Trump is a criminal, but not for the technicality I voted him to voted to acquit on type of situation. But, you know, we'll see and we'll see if they take advantage of that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sure they will. Uh, and uh, <laughs> certainly Vanita Gupta and Kristen Clark will both have some some real defenders. Uh, and I, I I continue to hope that uh, the, the the hearings uh, will will be civil, but we'll we'll certainly see. Um, uh, but at the end of the day, I think if the the hearings aren't civil and uh and some say members of the sedition talk caucus uh decide to uh, go really low um i think that will be a time that will be so important for us all to speak out with one voice and condemn it um and specifically like uh if they they do come out in real force against Vanita Gupta. I think uh, w- we need to come out in full force against it, in part because Kristen Clark's hearing will be two weeks later. Um, and uh, we need to be reaching out to our senators, um, especially if we're in one of those states um, that uh, that has members on the judiciary, but, but not only. Um, frankly, I think every member of the Senate uh, needs to hear uh, that we want 
civil rights leaders. We want people to uh, work to address the problems uh, of that the insurrection laid bare. Um, like I, I use the phrase "white supremacist insurrection" because you know, uh, like you look at the pictures uh, from the insurrection, and there's so many you know racist shirts and uh, Confederate flags. Well, an FBI director Ray confirmed it. Right. You know that. The- Um, A lot of these folks, individuals, are uh, advocating for the supremacy of the white race. And if we don't work to address, uh, if we we, uh, try to sweep the white supremacist aspect of the insurrection under the rug, um, we're missing out on one of the root causes and we'll allow it to continue to fester and grow. Um, And we need, as a country, to understand and appreciate that. And when we're reaching out to our members of Congress, we need to be expressing the importance of addressing that directly. Um, And who better to uh, lead these uh, investigations at the Department of Justice um, than people who have uh, experience working to make sure that equal justice isn't just one of those meaningless things that's written on a building, um, but is actually uh, put into practice. Mm -hmm. Almost word for word taken out of Merrick Garland's comments when he was nominated. (laughs) (laughs) And I only caught the highlights. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Again, everyone sign on to support the confirmation of Anita Gupta and Kristen Clark. You can do that in the pinned tweet. Is it at Adam A-E-S-Q? Adam A-E-S-Q. You've got it. Wonderful. Everybody check that out. Sign on. I appreciate your time today. Adam Fernandez. Great. Thank you. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody. It's AG. And today's episode of The Daily Beans is presented by Scouts Honor. As pet parents, working from home has given us more time to spend with our fur babies. Uh, You know, I absolutely love mine. They are the apples of my eye. But because we're home with them all day, we're more aware of their daily needs and their health issues and their well-being and sometimes their smell. So if you've noticed that your pet is itchy or smells less than pleasant, check out Scout's Honor. It's incredible. Scout's Honor is my go-to pet brand for grooming products. It helps with itch relief, odor control, and overall healthier skin and coat. I recently got the Grooming Essentials Kit with the probiotic shampoo, conditioner, and deodorizer, and all of us never looked or smelled better. This is how they do it. Okay, they do it using probiotics. Scouts Honor probiotic grooming products are scientifically proven, and they're a natural solution for treating skin problems. When you apply to the probiotics to the skin, it supports healthy bacteria and fights against bad bacteria, just like when you take probiotics for your gut. And all that bad bacteria can cause irritation, but that's all solved now. And you can choose from amazing fragrances like honeysuckle and lavender. My personal favorite is sandalwood vanilla, which they call dog of the woods, <laughs> which I absolutely love. And with every purchase, and this is so amazing, Scouts Honor provides one day's worth of meals for a rescue animal in need. And with Scouts Honor, your pet will never look, feel, or smell better. So check out all of Scouts Honor's award-winning products today, available online or wherever pet supplies are sold. To get 20% off your first order, go to scoutshonor.com slash dailybeans. Remember, that's scouts with a K, scoutshonor.com slash dailybeans for 20% off your order. Scouts Honor, natural and preventative grooming solutions for pets. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we're blown on good news. And it's Friday. That means we're joined by Amy Carrero. Amy, welcome. Hey, it's my mom's birthday today. Oh, happy birthday to your mom. Yeah. And she got her COVID shot. I mean, how cool is that? Oh, that's awesome. I did. How did you feel? Did you how did because I like I would I felt like 
more relieved than I was expecting to feel when my mom got her shot. Oh yeah, I'm. They, my parents both got it. And they sent me a picture, and I like broke broke into tears. You know, it's just so it it feels like such a relief. So, and the cool thing about Florida, I mean, literally, there's nothing cool about Florida, but <laughs> the way that they're doing it at the CVS is that they schedule you for both appointments like on the same day, so they have a guaranteed second appointment. Oh, so it feels really good. Well, that's so wonderful. I'm so glad. That's good news. Good, because we got it in the good news segment. Yeah. We also have a bunch of listeners submitted good news. I think we've got a couple of cases on the docket maybe today. All right. So um, if anybody has any confessions or corrections or good news or anything that they want to, you know, submit to us or any, you know, disputes that you need to have settled or misheard song lyrics or if you want us to <laughs> guess your mixed breed dog. We have so many games going on. It's so much fun. We have so many talents. <laughs> you can send it all into us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. That's how you do it. So why don't I just kick us off yeah. with a quick correction submitted from Jan, who says, you're awesome. I love the fact that you try to guess dog breeds, which I would not even <laughs> attempt to do in private, let alone in public. But McKinley and Harrison would like you to know they are Shetland sheepdogs. And their favorite joke is if Lassie had been a Sheltie, Timmy would have never fallen in the well. Shelties are very smart. <laughs> News with swearing helps to mitigate the frustration. Thank you again. Oh, see, I Whoa. thought they were bigger than they were. These are Shetland sheepdogs. These these are these are beautiful dogs. Aren't they beautiful? Yeah, like so beautiful and like obviously very well cared for and groomed for because that those coats those coats i wish my hair looked like that i know right oh jealous cutie pies i love it okay (laughs) next up we got rob pronouns he him good news with a bit of bittersweet i was recently able to sign over the last of my parental rights for my two children hear me out Years ago, some friends were talking about having kids, but they needed a donor. At some point, they then asked if I would consider donating instead of them going to an anonymous bank. It was a little awkward for a minute, and then I said yes. Flash forward a couple more years, and they wanted another. I thought I would remain anonymous, and the second great young one was born. However, they have since explained to both that I am their biological father and kept me connected with them and increasingly involved in their lives. But I am absolutely not their parent. They have two very loving, dedicated parents, but it but one is not completely legally so in the eyes of the state. And the other has a family that is less than happy with the non-marital slash non-religious way in which it happened. So the most recent document I signed was to clear the way for the non-biological parent to adopt and be fully and be the fully legal parent to the children. In our state, there are all sorts of barriers to this sort of thing, but we are trying to we are making it happen. For a moment, signing the documents hurt a little with the weight of what was happening, but that was about me, not the kids. I will never stop loving the whole family and am blessed to have them in my life. But even better, the kids will never be under threat of being taken away from either of their rightful parents because of some administrative quirk, legal trick, or fundamentalist viciousness. Oh, so true. Um, I haven't had a pet in a long time due to being deployed and other annoying military things that keep me away, (laughs) but I humbly submit the following photo I took at a recent event with some great college students. It sets a good mood for today's world. The uh, the pup's name is Molly. Oh, sweet. This is a beautiful photo. Beautiful. It looks professional. I know. I can't wait for everyone to see it, which you can see in the newsletter. We send these out in the newsletter for patrons. 
Uh, thank you for that submission, Rob. What an incredible journey. Yeah, what a wonder gift. What an amazing family. That's yeah. so cool. I'm so proud. Yeah. To know people, to know folks, you know, like this that just are just such amazing giving people. Next up from Kelly, pronoun she and her. Hello, Dream Beans. <laughs> Auntie shit show lullaby here. I have two pieces of super great news. First, my tiny Boston area nonprofit homeschool resource center, Kid Marker Space, after school program and vacation camp, had to shut down a year ago uh, to go completely online. It's really hard to do woodworking and crafts projects <laughs> with kids over Zoom, but we've been doing it since last March, hemorrhaging money every week. But wait, it gets good. We asked some parents to help us with a fundraising effort, and we blew <gasps> past our $40,000 goal handily. We had a benefit concert over YouTube with national and internationally known as well as local musicians and are on track to be able to open in the fall, if not the summer. Whoa. I miss my students so much. Check out partsandcrafts.org if you're interested. My other piece of news is on January 6, 2021, while deranged fascists were storming the castle, I became a granny. <laughs> Grandkid tax included. Baby Rowan, the happy elf. I love you guys in the Beans community for making me laugh through the last few years. Happy Friday. <gasps> whoa, 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 whoa. That is a very cute little baby. Oh, my God. Gosh, and that knitted onesie. I want it in my size. And the hat. Please make us the hat and onesie. We'll wear them. Take pictures. Send them back to you. That'll be our tax. There. Oh, yep. I love. That's so great. I'm so I'm so happy for you. Okay, next up. From Christine. Pronouns she, her. Hello, Beans Queens. I am writing with a good news update from November. November 12th, to be exact. Re the bulldozer, kid. My 2.5-year-old is still not repeating any swears heard while listening to the Daily Beans on our drives to school and work, but has recently started referring to her Aussie Daisy as our pod dog. <laughs> That's really freaking cute. Oh, my God. Another update. I passed my dissertation defense at the end of November without revisions. Oh, well, now you're just showing off, I know, that's really good. My lovely brain baby weighed in... Oh, my lovely brain baby weighed in at a whopping, oh my gosh, 146 pages. And after all the fun of printing and mailing to a bindery on the other side of the country at the end of 2020, it arrived beautifully bound at at my doorstep on Inauguration Day. Uh. The stars aligning for a fabulous 2021? I hope so. Plus, as extra good news, I am now fully vaccinated. Wow, this is a really, this is great. And just found out that I will be named this year's Excellence in Advising Award recipient at my college. Wow. I'm so incredibly humbled by my students who took the time to nominate me. We're the third smallest major on campus, so it speaks volumes that they outnumbered others on campus. I'll receive a plaque, some verbal recognition, and provide the keynote at convocation, oh my God, to the incoming uh, first year students. Suggestions on topics slash themes that would that would have impacted you on your first days in college are welcome. As a tax, I submit our pod dog, Daisy, who is the queen of doggy daycare. Can you find her? <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God, the last one. Ah, there she is. I see her. Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, it sounds like Christina's having a really good 2021. Not gonna lie. Wow, Christina, that is a boatload of good news. And if I were just going into college right now, I would want somebody to tell me that it's going to be okay because I feel like my senior year would have just gotten all messed up because of COVID and I would have felt robbed of a lot of different things and... 
and how, you know, how I would like to know from kind of a mentor how and what I could do to make sure that that no other seniors, high school seniors would have to go through that again. Mm. Do you know? That's really good. I Yeah, I would agree. That's what I would want to hear. I think I'd also want to hear like a little bit of just kind of permission to feel crappy about the the time that we live in you know I think so many especially like the Gen Z kids are are dealing with so much loss and I mean like physical literal loss like god forbid they've lost somebody in their lives to COVID but also like the loss of their senior year loss of all these milestones so I think maybe being like starting with like listen if you feel like shit that's totally normal (laughs) it's something that I would probably want to hear yeah it's okay not to be okay yeah right totally yeah that would be good to have that permission to awesome what so so much good news and congratulations on everything Mm -hmm. uh next up from janet here's a confession of confusion (laughs) i was raised without religion so as a child i couldn't comprehend it when a friend said she wouldn't come play because she had to go to sunday school i was surprised because she was so smart (laughs) i immediately offered to tutor her in math her worst subject i had assumed sunday school was punishment for doing bad in regular school And I, what I love about Janet is that she knew that her friend's like worst subject was math. She just knew and it. It's kind of like summer school, but Sunday school. Right. That's amazing. That's amazing. Flash forward to a few years ago at a funeral for a coworker. I zoned out as the preacher went on when suddenly people started shaking hands with the person next to them. I was startled and responded to the no. person reaching out to me with, hey, how you no, doing? No, no, no. Apparently that... <laughs> That wasn't the expected response, and my coworkers all had a good laugh. Yeah, that's the peace be with you, also with you moment. Peace be with you, and also with you. Oh my god! Of the Catholic Mass. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Peace be with you. Hey, how you doing? That's you know what. (laughs) Peace be with you. How about those dolphins? Attached uh, are pictures of my favorite place to read, and my. Newt Newt, keeping me company in the sun. Whoa, that is a nice little nook there. That so, looks so pleasant, so with the, pleasant in that sunroom. And then there's the kitty catching the sunbeam. Look at the belly. I want to rub oh, the belly. Oh, that's, that's a sunshine kitty. Oh, it's so cute. I love it. What a beautiful little nook. Okay, next up we have Elizabeth. Um, pronounced she, her, they. Hello, luminous leguminati. Thank you sincerely for your dogged, is that, I'm, English is my second language, dogged or dogged? Ah, dogged. Okay, okay. We call it dogged. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. Thank you sincerely for your dogged determination to deliver news with humor and swearing into my ears each day. I have a gem for you that like clit christian radio wait i have to spell this out (laughs) k-l-i-t yeah you weren't here yesterday you were here yesterday there's a texas radio station called (gasps) k-light k-l-y-t but they all called it clit and there are apparently a lot of k-light christian radio stations that (laughs) my god that is oh wow okay that had to go through a lot of people and nobody caught it okay i have a gem for you uh like K-L-I-T Christian Radio definitely falls into the should have tested that one out loud before putting it on the stationery. So (laughs) once upon a time, the school where my wife used to teach reworked their motto with an idea towards incorporating the letters GPA into it so that it would sound academic-like and smart, I suppose. The new slogan was created by a committee filled with presumably several thoughtful minds who had worked together for months on its creation. That year, after graduation, my wife came home chanting the school's new motto. And because (laughs) this was coincidentally around the time of hashtag me too, 
It began to gain momentum. Perhaps my ears were extra sensitive, but I couldn't believe what I heard. Here is a synopsis of our exchange. Me. Why are you chanting about gropers? Wife. What? (laughs) It's the new school slogan. Me, incredulous. Gropers who achieve is your school's new slogan? Wife. Grow, pursue, achieve. Wait. Gropers achieve. Gropers achieve. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> Gropers who achieve. Oh, my God. That is really, that is, that's really bad. Grow, pursue, achieve. <laughs> Grow, pursue, achieve. That is really funny. <gasps> oh, man. Yeah, that really, that went through the committee and no one caught it. Mm, nope, nope. I'll take the rapist for 400. <laughs> oh, my, I was just, literally was just going to say, have you ever tried to go on therapist.com spelled yeah. the rapist <laughs> not great not great uh next up from john pronouns he and him hey beans queens love the pod listen first thing every day thanks for all you do quick confession i was telling my wife the other day about something i heard on the show and tried to tell her what daily beans meant midway through my rambling i had to admit i didn't know the exact <laughs> meaning and origin ag can you refresh those of us who have forgotten thanks again why sure john yes i can so uh, back in the Mueller she wrote days, I was looking for a catchphrase like uh, you like how you know how Matto will say watch this space right, and I wanted it to be something like that and and so I tried a couple things out like somebody said put a pin in it but that's been used and uh, you know I was trying to figure stuff out I asked the hive mind finally I remembered that my friend Dallas McLaughlin who's a comedian and a wonderful person uh, he used to have a bit a comedy bit about like ten years ago. Where he said, you know, he was like, hey, all I got to do to be a famous comedian is just get a catchphrase. Then I can be like Larry the Cable Guy or, you know, whatever. That's all I need to do. And he's joking, of course. And he goes, so I'm testing out a few catchphrases. And so he tested out like just these really weird catchphrases like, uh, is that hot salsa or medium salsa? And uh, just like really... totally meaningless catchphrases and one of them was put some beans on it and so i asked him if i could have that and he was like of course you can because he stopped telling the joke a while ago and so my catchphrase was like hey i think this and i think this put some beans on it it's kind of like make a bet watch this space put some beans on it and so uh, when we when we won the Webby Award, when you win a Webby, you get a five word speech. That's all you get is five words. And so our our five words were put some beans on it. And that's where that comes from. Well, I love that. Look at that. I can't believe you only get five words. Is that like some sort of like a fun little challenge they do for people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like oh. if Issa Rae comes up, Issa Rae comes up, excuse me, or if uh, you know, I, I think Michael Douglas won a Webby that year. They only get five words. You only get five words. That is so funny. I love that. Okay. Next up, fan fiction Karen in Eugene. Dear Beans Queens, I have submitted to I have two submissions of misheard lyrics collected from friends. Sing along with the Beatles. Ticket to ride. I gonna take it to ride. Okay, so I actually don't know how the refrain grows goes. Do you want to sing this one? I think I'm gonna be sad. I think it's today. Yeah. The girl that's driving me mad is going, going away. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's got, got a chicken, chicken to ride. ride. She's, she's got, got a chicken to ride. ride. She's, she's got, got a chicken, chicken to ride, and she don't care. Oh man, that's um, 
I she must be a very small person if she's got a chicken to ride. (laughs) Oh God, this next one is great. Picture yourself in a boat on a river with tangerine trees and marmalade skies. Somebody calls you, you answer quite slowly. A girl with colitis goes by. Oh, I love a girl with colitis. How how beautiful. How, I mean, I mean, uh, that is the most beautiful way that word can be used. A girl with colitis goes by. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's real good. Um, and there's that. That's their uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Beautiful. For pet tax and mixed dog breed identification game, here are Munches and Crema. Munches is on the left. Crema is on the right. Munches is Crema's mother. The good news is any guess is right because we don't really know what they are. And besides, they're very good dogs. This is Crema's disgruntled because there are no dog treats look. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. That's so cute. I see some little little lab and definitely some pity in here. Look at these babies. For sure, Pitbull, for sure. We don't have the answers, so, but that's what it looks like. All right. Yeah. Wonderful Beatles songs there. And Colitis, the girl with colitis. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to start using Amy's that. court <laughs> is in session. Dun, dun. All right. This is from Charlene. Pronouns she and her. Hello, ladies of the bean. Thank you for your tireless efforts to keep us informed, but more importantly, for your ability to make palatable even the most detestable gulps of news. Mm-hmm. AG, DG, and Amy, I absolutely adore each of you. You three are, without question, my favorite people I have never met. Oh, Thank Aww. you. That's sweet. I have a submission for Amy's court. <clears throat> my husband is notorious for not being able to keep his hands off any tasty treats in his nearby orbit. As a result, we rarely keep sweets in the house. This particular incident occurred when I decided to splurge the grocery store and brought home an eight-count box of ice cream bars. We enjoyed... We each enjoyed one that day, and I did not think much of them uh, nesting snugly in the freezer for the next three or four days until, upon returning home one afternoon, he meets me at the door to announce, I saved you the last ice cream bars. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, okay, thanks, I reply, slightly disoriented and mentally working through how that math shakes out, knowing I had only eaten one. <laughs> Two days later, I've hit the afternoon slump. I'm feeling ready for that sweet little Oof. ice cream bar. Check the freezer door where he specifically told me it was. Nope. Behind the meat? Nope. Mysteriously buried in the ice maker? Nope. So I holler to the next room. Hey, where'd you say you put that ice cream bar? I can't find it. He walked into the room, very solemn expression, cloaking his face. I ate it. I thought you didn't want it. What? Why? Well, you didn't eat it. I didn't eat it yet. You told me you saved it for me. For me. Doesn't that make it mine? I left it in there for a day, he replies. After 24 hours, it's community property. Now, this is an edict of which I was completely unaware uh, and argue is invalid. I believe, though the bars were originally community property, that last one was so thoughtfully gifted to me by my darling husband, and as such, he has forfeited any claim to its consumption. He argues that although he never explicitly stated the 24-hour rule, we've been married for 14 years and I should really know better. No, no, no. He's guilty. Guilty as charged. Guilty, guilty, guilty. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Listen, that mm-mm. I I I would be I would murder my husband, especially if, if you're looking forward to oh, it, right? Doing an you're looking forward slump. to it. There's nothing like it's like four thirty. You're in the worst mood, and the only thing that's gonna save you from this bad mood is either a nap, which you probably can't take if you work, or a sweet. 
and you didn't have that sweet. And maybe you've been thinking about it all day. Like, I'm going to eat that fucking thing when I get home, man. I'm oh, going to eat it. Oh, man. Charlene, you know what? He's lucky he's not dead and buried. You are right. He is wrong. I think as as penance, yep. and yep. I'm going to mix my metaphors here because I did grow up, grow up Catholic. Peace be with you. His penance is he has to buy. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? He has to buy you a new box, but he has to do it. He has to go get you a new box of of ice cream bars. And he needs your explicit permission to eat any yes. of them. Write him a Christopher Miller letter. Be like, look, <laughs> you you need my express mm-hmm. consent and only mine yep. to enjoy any of this particular, just this box just of ice cream box. bars. I think after that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, we can go back. Now, as whether or not this 24-hour rule persists, I don't think that you should give in to no. that. No. No, 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 absolutely not. I don't think that's true. I think a way, a good way around that, like something my husband does is like, he'll be like, uh, you know, I left you the, you know, I left you the last thing of ice cream and then I'll be like, okay, great. And then he'll be like, do you want it? And then, and then I, and then I will have the choice in that moment to be like, not right now, but I'm probably going to want it tomorrow. Or, I mean, knowing me, I'd be like, fuck yes, don't touch it. I want it right now. But, you know, if you have a little bit of like self-restraint, which I don't have, you know, then that way it's like a good way of like gauging someone's interest in the future, you know, because if he offers it, it's yours. Yeah. And I, and I was thinking like, if, if he, you know, if your husband in the future says, I'm okay, that last one I saved for you, it's in the door. Then you could say, all right, well, I claim it as mine and you can't yes. ever eat it. It's mine until I eat it. Right. However, that seems like putting the onus on the victim. True. Uh, and I, I don't know that I'm I don't know that I'm into that. True, true. So uh, I, I don't think you should have to modify your behavior here. I think he should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could he can ask. But I'm also very mad at him for eating that last ice cream bar. <laughs> Whoa, dude, it's, it's real. Another you know what he could do, too? I'm not I don't know how interested you are in this, Charlene, but I know like I, I love ice cream in any shape any way shape or form you know i would say like ice cream bars are a great way probably like not my not like my dream way right like it'll do in a pinch so if you have something that you're like oh man a caravel ice cream cake is really my top Um. situation or like something from you know cold stone creamers and if that's your situation then the pendants could be Maybe he goes out and gets you one of those, and then the next box you buy, that's community property from here on out. But yeah. I think like you either go big or you die. <laughs> yeah, and I would be I would be remiss if I did not state my extreme ice cream bias in this situation. Oh, what is it? What is it? The, well, that you just don't do. Oh, that. Oh no, no, no. So no, I'm, no. Very, I'm, I'm very I'm very I'm I'm emotionally involved in this case. <laughs> Me too. Now I want an ice cream bar, and if somebody ate my ice Man. cream bar, I'd be very upset. What kind of bar do you want? What What are you thinking? Well, you know what I really like are those mint chocolate chip Vienna ice cream cake things. Wait, like like Viennetta, like like those like the the real fancy ones, like with the swoops. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Oh, now remember I those? I don't think they make them anymore. I don't think so. Oh no! Now we want something we can't. We really can't have because we can't even go get them. Viennetta. That Viennetta. was it. You're right. Viennetta. Girl, oh, those are so. I love Viennetta, and they were so fancy. Well, you know, I think also like um, those like good goodie bar. Oh, not goodie. What are they called? Like Goodyear. No, not Goodyear. Those are tires. Um, like good fun bars. The ones that they had at the school. Mister Good Bar. Yeah, that's that'll do. No, that's a that's a candy bar. Oh wait, no, then not that. What's the one that it's like? It's like a brand, and they have like little specks on it. Well. Anyway, who cares? Any ice cream, I'm not going to turn it down. <laughs> you know what else is good, too, is when they do those chocolate chip cookies with ice cream in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Cool house. 
If you ever make it up to LA, Cool House has banging ice cream sandwiches. Oh, Just saying. Yum. All right. Well, thank you all for submitting <laughs> for submitting the good news on the Amy's Court. Your misheard lyrics were wonderful. Thank you for the corrections, Girl, and I appreciate all of it. <laughs> if you have any to submit just go to dailybeanspod.com and click on contact and everybody have a wonderful weekend Amy is there anything you want to say before we get out of here uh, just do your thing baby yeah <clears throat> have a good weekend everybody take some time relax we're in the Biden times now uh, we're working on cleanup and it's uh, things are moving forward where there's light at the end of the tunnel we've got hope I'm really excited about this so everybody please take care of yourselves take care of each other take care of your mental health and take care of the planet I've been AG and I've been Amy Carrero and them is the beans The Daily Beans is directed, written, and hosted by executive producer Allison Gill and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Audio. Staff writers include Dana Goldberg, Amy Carrero, and Allison Gill. Our copy is written by Jesse Egan, and our marketing manager, executive assistant, and social media director is Kanai. Fact-checking and research by Allison Gill, Dana Goldberg, and Amy Carrero. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joelle Reeder of Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. Hey, everybody, do not miss our Daily Beans after party on the Stereo app. We'll be going live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Dana and I want to hear from you. Our last Stereo show went a little bit like this. I saw a billboard. We were driving back from Vegas and saw a billboard that said, you know, there were for apartments for lease. And they're like, leasing information, call this number. And I was like, leasing information? How do you lease information? You can't give it back. Once you know something, don't you just know it? Like, And then I was like, oh, wait. Yep. You just have the moments. I had mine on the show the other day. If you were listening to the episode th- on Thursday, actually, right before you tune into this, um, they were talking about cats that didn't have any meows and they were getting lost in different a- in places and missing. And so the story was basically like the cat disappeared and it didn't have any meow. And they're like, oh, my God, we need to find it. We're going to look for the cat. We put out food. We put up signs. And in my head, my brain went... <laughs> How, who the who are the signs for? Like the, the cat's not going to know what read. the sign says. Oh my god! I, I, I the pause in the story. Pause. Get it? No pun intended. But the pause yeah, in yeah. the story. I do think people <laughs> will hear it. But it was just one of those moments where I was like, oh, you're, yeah. Your first thought was signs. Cats can't read. Yeah. Cats can't read. All right. That's so great. And now, like, I want to put signs up like that. That that you know, are just a picture of a cat being like, Hey Bruce, you're missing. Come home. Right. Uh, and uh, how do we know? I mean, let's be honest. You don't know if cats can or can't read. <laughs> so no, we're just making an true. assumption there. Uh, making <clears throat> an my, assumption. My friend who's a comedian, Brian Simpson, he has this whole bit about, you know, uh, he sees lost dog signs and it's like, we, you know, we miss our boy. He wants to come home. He misses up. He misses us. And, and Brian's like, are you sure? Cause the last time, last I read that dogs <laughs> can smell you from three miles away. So maybe that motherfucker chose the streets. Uh, yeah. <laughs>